Oh, most holy trinity. It is a wonderful time of the year. Isn't that a line from a hymn? Oh, most holy trinity. trinity undivided unity. Holy God, God mighty God. Yes, I'm glad you're singing it. I'm reciting it. Hello, everybody. Hello. We're at the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity, as if you couldn't tell. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael Puppet's here with Father, Father. Herb Weber. We are not a trinity. There's just two of us. <laughs> it's just Father and Son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good to be with all of you. Hey, a little bit of news on what we're kind of planning over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, let's tell them at the beginning of the podcast instead, in case they're not around at the end of the podcast. Right. Or if we forget. Or they may just decide to turn this off and wait for a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is our final podcast uh, until the week after the 4th of July. Correct. So we will not be broadcasting the week of uh, June 23rd. Well, the 17th or well, the 20th. Well, the week of the 7th. This is for the you're going 17th. Based, you're going based yeah, on I'm, the Sundays. Yeah, this is for the 17th, today, 16th today. I'm sorry. So we're not doing the, the 23rd, the 30th, or July 7th. But to be clear, we're still having mass on those weekends. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but no, we're going to take a little break from the podcast. Father is going to be gone for a little bit. And I, I, can't, I can't do this uh, remotely. Some of us are going to stick around and I'm work gonna, for a little bit. I'm going to be hiking in the Andes Mountains. I love to say it that way. I'm actually going to be at some national parks, and I might hike a couple of miles a day. It depends on the uh, the altitude and my ability to go up without breathing. Because You should never stop breathing. I try to breathe every day. I would do that if I were you, yes. So our goal here today is to give you so much wisdom, so much... Well, when you start with the Trinity, what's left? I mean, really, this has been the two-minute and 30-second podcast. Hey, oh, that's a version of 23. Two minutes, 20, 30 seconds. Right. Okay, I'm going to start with a very significant question. I'm going to put Michael on the spot. Oh, no. I did not tell him that I was going to ask this question. He did not. Okay, Michael, what was the year for the Council of Nicaea? The Council of Nicaea, I believe, according to my recollection, was 381 A.D. No. It I was, gave you two dates, you and you chose the wrong one. <laughs> okay. In full full disclosure, he's showing me a piece of paper. Here it is. I passed it across the table. 325 A.D. to 381 A.D. No, no. Those are the dates that Those are, are on dates, the but it's not from one till the other. The Council of Nicaea was 325. <laughs> well, what's 381? Oh, that's that's even more important. That was the Council of Constantinople, oh, I thought that was which your... finished the work of the Council of Nicaea. So we call it the Nicene Creed that we uh -huh. record, or that we recite at Mass, Yeah. but it was only partially finished, and they decided they needed to refine it, and so they refined it, the, the creed at the Council of Constantinople. Aren't you glad Const that they call, it the, they call it the Nicene Creed and not the Constantinopolitan Isn't creed? Isn't there a song about Constantinople? There dun, was. Dun, 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 I want to go back to Constantinople. You can't go back to Constantinople. Constantinople. Yeah. To, See, that's I from thought, the 50s. How would you know that? Well, I'm an old soul. Yeah, if you remember 325. It, I thought 381 AD was your birthday. I thought that was what you oh, were Oh, okay. <laughs> we better be apart for a while. All right. Well, now let me explain why I want to talk about the Council of Nicaea. Okay. In the early church, 
they did not have a full-blown theology of the Trinity. You know, we, we sort of take it for granted, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Father and Son and Spirit are all mentioned in Scripture, actually quite frequently. Mm-hmm. But the concept of three in one was a process of understanding. <laughs> I'd say it still is. Well, yeah, we still don't <laughs> understand it, but even articulation of it. Mm-hmm. And the biggest question was the role of Jesus vis-a-vis the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus was Son of God. Is Jesus less than God the Father? Is Jesus equal to God the Father? And so what did the church do? They met, and creeds are, are me- meetings, councils are important. Yeah. And they came out with this wonderful phrase, the second, the creed, the Nicene Creed is in the form of the Trinity, I believe in the, God the Father. The second part, I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. L- now listen closely. The only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made, your favorite word? Consubstantial. Consubstantial. I do love that with word. With the Father, through him, all things were made. So in other words, they were refining and defining that Jesus is not subservient. I mean, let's just pause for a second. Just that section of the creed that you recited that we say every week. Yes, we say it every week. That's why I wanted to bring attention to it. But you, I mean, you could chew on what's in that paragraph for a very long time and and just kind of meditate on the power of what we're really saying. I mean, it's so easy at Mass just to kind of go through it because it just happens very quickly. Um, but I think actually it would be great if we just took maybe each part of the creed this week on our own just to kind of pray through and kind of really reflect on what we believe as a result of it. Well, I could just stop with the first two words. I believe Mm. when I talk about the creed in RCIA, I actually spend a lot of time talking about faith. What does it mean to believe? And it's not just a, a mental gymnastic you know, I believe in this and I, I believe in that. Almost like that. What's that song from the Book of Mormon? I believe. Yeah. You just, you I ju- believe. Ju- just believe. Just yeah. believe. Oh, that's a yeah. great song. We've got a and lot of songs you can, today. You could believe in all kinds of things. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's true. In fact, that song kind of points it out. Yeah. Uh, so what does it really mean to believe? So you want to anchor your belief on some understanding of truth. Yeah. And that's why the creed is so important. I find, too, that, you know, to kind of support our belief, it's good to look back through history that what we believe is supported historically by, you know, either the early um, scholars of the church or the apostles themselves or, you know, dating all the way back to Jesus. You know, just today we had our we started confirmation boot camp this morning and we had some of the by the way, we're we are recording this on Monday. Yeah, Monday this week. So uh, but we had the eighth graders here this morning and today we were talking about the Holy Spirit. Um and kind of obviously Holy Spirit's a, a big component to the confirmation preparation. Uh, but just to go, we went back to the exact same reading that we read at Mass yesterday for Pentecost uh, and took them back to the upper room and the, the you know, the entire uh, story of the Holy Spirit coming upon the apostles because it helped them deal with their fear. And we're kind of talking about, you know, living a fearless life and not just believing for the sake of believing, but believing because it's something that, we can embrace and and make our own. Well, that's what that's why belief is so important. It's it's not just in the mind; it's in your being. And real belief always has an action. Hmm. We put ourselves on the line for something, and we live accordingly. Sure. So we believe 
in the Trinity. Now, I have said this before, and I'll say it again. This is the weekend. This is the weekend that, when... Can I say it for you? Please do. Because I've heard you say it 14 times. This is the weekend when it's the worst homilies in all churches across America because the pastor says... Today, I'm going to... Exp- uh, today, we come upon a mystery that nobody can understand, so let me explain it to you. I could deliver it. I'll say that line for you this weekend. I'm not going to use that line. Just pitch it to me. Here's the problem with it. We, we try to preach the mystery of Trinity instead of preaching the scriptures. Hmm. So if you stay connected with the passages that we will be reading in church, we let those speak to ourselves and to everybody else. So with without more ado, <laughs> without further ado, I feel like this is a movie premiere. Yes, and here we go. The gospel passage for this week is very short. It's from John's Gospel, chapter 16. And as everybody in church knows, because I've said this several times, it is from the Farewell Discourse. Yes. Chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17 of John's Gospel, neatly put between the Last Supper and the agony in the garden, uh, the crucifixion. Make it sound like setting the table. You place the knife neatly between the yes, spoon well, and the plate. Well, that's what John did. He, he had these these sections that he wanted to make sure everybody knew. Okay. Uh, do you want to read it or should I? You can. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> I, this is practice for Sunday. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. And after you hear that, you want to say, What? Would you you read that again? This is... That's why it's short. Very typical John, I feel like. Well, there are sections... uh, you have to remember John's gospel, you know, did Jesus really make it sound that complicated? But the way John depicts it is because he's writing this for a very philosophically bent Greek audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's trying to say there is one God, but there's a distinctiveness between the father and the son. Mm -hmm. And that's why he says, uh, he is mine. I am his. I know the father. The father knows me. We are the same, but we're not the same. You know, it's, it's, you almost feel after a while, uh, that he's double speaking. And yet if you really analyze the passages, it's perfect clarity. It really is. It's all about this relationship. Well, and we heard also back in John chapter 14 that he said, I will send you an advocate. The spirit. Right. Yeah. So it's all in here, just in different It's sections. in different ways. So yeah. we, we just stay with this passage, and I'm not sure where my homily is going to go yet. It's only Monday. It's only Monday. If I don't have it figured out by Wednesday noon, I panic. That's, it's your day off. You shouldn't panic on your day off. Oh, I do panic. Yeah. If I mean, I do, I, I do panicking in a very gentle way on my it's day It's probably off. like, oh... Uh, oh, it's more than that. <laughs> like, oh no, uh, he will not. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears, 
and will declare to you the things that are coming. Jesus is basically saying there's this incredible relationship, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and he's including the disciples in it. I don't know if you've ever had that where you're, you're talking to some people that are really close. You can tell that there's a, a good uh, bond between them, friendship, maybe spouses, whatever it might be. Oh, sure. So not somebody that you are close to, but you're talking to. They're close to each other. To each other, okay. But in some way, they include you in the picture. They, they bring you in. So even if you're only visiting for an hour, you don't feel like you're an outsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the opposite would be is if you've ever been with a group where they have all sort of all sorts of inside jokes. Oh yeah, that's not fun. And if you've ever worked with high school kids, but even adults, you know, let's say they have a trip, uh, a mission trip together, and funny things happen, and they can kid to each other about it and joke. But when they, they come home afterwards and they try to say that in front of their parents or something, everybody else, everybody else looks at them like, "What's what's so funny? Right. That's just weird." Sure. And that's when somebody will say, I guess you had to be there for that. Isn't that, though, the definition of one of our four pillars as a parish is hospitality, the inclusion of others. And hospitality and inclusion comes first from God. You know, one of the women at Connection Point, which is our event for new parishioners to come and learn more about the parish, uh, just a week or so ago was, was saying that at a, a church that she belonged to previously, she didn't realize necessarily uh, and she used the word clicks where, you know, people, it wasn't purposeful where people were trying to leave others out. It's just that when you show up at a social setting, you talk to the people that you know. So if everybody that knows each other is talking to each other, there's going to be some people that feel left out. And she appreciated that when she came to St. John the 23rd, she felt like people went out of their way to include her in conversation. And to be honest, it takes work. Very. We, we're all comfortable with the people we we already are comfortable with. I don't think anybody walks into a room and says, I'm going to seek out somebody I don't know and talk to them. Unless your father raised his hand. Unless unless I'm in a, a work setting where I know that is what I'm supposed to do. But if I'm just like hanging out and I'm with a group well, of people. I remember a couple of summers ago, we had a first cousin's family reunion. Mm-hmm. These are my cousins, the Webbers on um, my dad's side. And the families are much older than our family. We're the youngest ones. And I'm one of the youngest in my family. So my first cousins, most of them are dead. <laughs> that sounds bad. Hooray. But, what a, what a but, joyous occasion. <laughs> but the ones who are alive, I enjoyed them. But I found, <laughs> but the ones that are dead, they were the worst. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I can't enjoy them anymore. <laughs> however, however, we went to the gathering and I had not seen my own brothers and sisters for a while. Yeah. And so it was a great temptation to talk to them. But instead, I remember going out over to the other side of the table, the other side of the room, uh-huh. and sitting with cousins that I hardly knew. But it was great. And with my own siblings, I discovered they all end, uh, ended up doing that. They didn't at first because yeah. I think it was the natural impulse to see each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to bring you back to kind of you originally segued into this idea of being with people that know each other and you know they invite you into that. So think of the Trinity as a whirlwind. I was, um, it was in fall, the fall, about two years ago, because I remember there were 
it was late fall. There were like corn husks out in the field and mm-hmm. I was driving a small country highway. And as I was driving down, I saw this interesting thing going off in the field. And apparently some other drivers did too, because several people pulled their cars off to the side to watch. And it wasn't really a tornado. It was a whirlwind and maybe 20, 30 feet high, maybe more. And it would just pop down. It picked up the corn husk and the corn stalks and they whirled up and they went up, uh, 15 feet high or so and then it moved on and dropped them and picked up something else Hmm. and it was very harmless to watch it would not it could not have hurt us even if it had come towards the car it could not have picked up my car so it was uh, just a a whirling dervish i think they used to call that say that 10 times fast and i find that that's what the trinity is not only that it's god in a dynamic form, which I just preached on this past week about life being dynamic. Yeah. But also it, God pulls us in God allows us not ju- just to be on the periphery, but actually into the center of godliness. And that's what the Trinity is. So when we sign ourselves in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit, we're not just sealed. We are letting ourselves be into the, into the father, son, and Holy spirit. Well, and how often, you know, just like the creed, do we make the sign of the cross without even thinking about the significance of what that tiny, tiny prayer uh, indicates in our... Per- perhaps that's why when I baptize a child and I pour the water three times, I do it very, very methodically. I baptize you in the name of the Father, more water, and of the Son. Oh, I'll be the water. And of the Holy Spirit. Oh, you sounded more like wind. It was a little windy. That, that was, My water's that a little windy here. today. <laughs> now, how do you make the, the wind in the upper room? Whoosh. Yeah. How do you make the water at baptism? Whoosh. <laughs> uh, you know, as we were sitting here talking, I'm, I'm thinking too, you know, my in my faith, I think of the Trinity, well, I, I think probably many people do this, in, in the way that I, I've come to know the different persons of the Trinity. So I think of God as... You know, I, I really think of God when I when I view creation and you know the majesty of the universe and the planet and uh, the gift of life. And then when it comes to the Son, I think of obviously His historical coming and um, obviously the Paschal mystery of death and resurrection. But ultimately, what He left behind for us in the Eucharist that we celebrate each time we go to Mass. And then I see really the Holy Spirit as it just weaves everything together it's that that constant force that is so the holy spirit is the weaver the we- <laughs> not the weber did you know that's what weber means in german weaver they there means the the weaver i didn't i was going to ask you when the webbers get together for a cookout do you use weber grills ha ha no you don't know we can't afford you can't afford the <laughs> weber but the, i mean that i kind of view and i for, for me that helps me to understand in some ways the trinity the way that it impacts my own. The only challenge I would give to that, because I do that too. I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying Mm -hmm. and it does affect the way you pray. You know, if you're out in nature, you're praying to God, but God, the father, the creator. Yeah. But I think we have to, the, the danger is separating. Yeah. Because it's three in one, because Jesus was there at creation as well. Yeah. And it's the spirit the spirit of God. That's deep, Weber. That is yes. deep. 
Yes. And I'm not talking about your girl. <laughs> that I can't afford. That, that you, can, you, I, need, I, you need a Perry's. They, they should give you a free one if you have the same name. I think so. With a name like Puppis, I'll never get anything. It, well, uh, your last name is Cadillac. Even my yeah, my uh, my niece graduated from high school down in San Antonio this weekend, and they posted the video for walking across the stage, and they said "pupos" right on cue. And I commented to my sister in law, I said, "We should really just change the way that we pronounce it, so that when they're wrong, they're right, and we've we don't have to you ever just worry about it." Give again. up on it <laughs> at this point. The the power of taking a day to focus on who God is is kind of beautiful so it's not just at the liturgy but trying to say we want to make this week or this weekend all about a a new awareness a refreshed awareness of God in our life we take God for granted just as we take friends and family for granted Mm -hmm. it's also Father's Day yeah, this weekend's and, and Father's we all, Day. We all, happy Father's Day to you. Thank we, you. We all, we often take things for granted, so you set aside a day so that you won't take it for granted. Sure. So which is more important to you, being Father's Day or the Holy Trinity? And watch how you answer that. I'm going to celebrate both on the same day. Yes. You know, I like these, these um, weekends, too, that follow Pentecost right after the season of Easter because... It allows us to, you know, with this weekend being Most Holy Trinity, to kind of focus on this beautiful aspect of our faith. And then coming up next weekend to be able to focus on the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, obviously through the gift of... Corpus Christi. Right. Eucharist. So lots of good things coming. As we said at the beginning of the podcast, we're going to take a little break over the next couple of weeks from the podcast. We will return uh, right after the week of the 4th of July for a brand And there will be two weekends when I will not be here, but I'll be celebrating Mass with you and be in spirit with everybody coming from South America. All right, everybody have a great rest of your week. See you in a few. All right, bye-bye.